Hey everybody, thanks for watching a Voice in the Wilderness podcast. Today, man, I've got Pastor Sean. Pastor, where are you living now? Merritt Island, Florida. Merritt Island, Florida. One bridge to Cocoa Beach. Oh yeah, so that's, is that kind of like the surf capital of Florida? Cocoa Beach, man, yeah, I would say it's known for surfing for sure. Um, you know, there's a lot of beaches that claim <laughs> that title, Daytona, Smyrna, but I would say Cocoa Beach definitely earns that title. I mean, we have the world champion, Kelly Slater. Uh, hometown and then of course we got you know the Hobgoods and many other great surfers that came out of Brevard County and Cocoa Beach area so yeah you know I hadn't told you this but um, I meant to tell you at the church but I forgot FCA has an actual surfing ministry oh down there well it's just like part of their oh that's cool part of their ministry so I mean there's guys that specialize just working with surfers oh wow so their, their ministry is geared completely around the surfing industry that's amazing and you know i guess there's is are there surfing teams on some schools and stuff yeah, like that yeah i was gonna say there's when i went to school they were called surf clubs um so there's more they're more like um i don't even know what the term is but i know colleges even have them like ufc or ucf rather uh they got a a surfing team just teams and they right. compete and stuff but yeah i mean it's 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 a big thing it's a it's a thing. That's cool. That's cool. We were talking yeah. just before we got on the air. You were talking about kind of what you brought into ministry because you were when you came in. You were you were talking about all that you had saw God doing in the ministry that Crystal and I are taking yeah. uh, taking on that God's called us to. Yep. And you were talking about kind of your journey of how you got involved in doing what God's called you to do. Yeah. And uh, I, w- I was going to see if you'd share that with the yeah. audience. Yeah, that's a great, you know, it was, I was sitting there and as you said, you want to do that on the podcast? It just kind of went off. I was like, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Um, because it's something that's really a right now thing for me in my season um, uh, without getting into the long story, but um, where God's navigated me through. And then, like I said, I'm, I'm so inspired with you and Crystal because um, I'm seeing there's a different way. So what I said was, you know, when I got involved in ministry, um, you know, my number one purpose was just to share with other people what Jesus had done in my life and the freedom that he brought to me because I hadn't experienced anything like it. And so, you know, number one, I just wanted people to know that. I wanted people to experience freedom. I wanted people to know this person that I had met Jesus. And um, and so, you know, uh, you, you get around church circles and things and you know, most people will encourage you to go into the ministry. And, um, and with that, they mean some type of fivefold gift, um, you know, or some type of, you know, ministry head, like, and for me, you know, um, I was told, well, you're going to preach, you're going to preach. And, um, and so then when I would go into following that call, you know, I went to Bible college and, you know, Bible college, uh, when you're there, you know, there's three thoughts, you know, you're either a missionary, you're an evangelist or you're a pastor. Right. And so for me, I knew that I I didn't want to live nowhere else but Florida. (laughs) (laughs) So God would have to deal with me to call me unless it was subtropics and there's good waves. But, um, but I knew I wasn't really called to, you know, leave. Um, and then evangelizing, I, I had a heart for, but I just didn't know how that, what that looked like. And, um, and so I kind of resonated with, you know, a community weekly of leading people and sharing my story and, um, and so that's the, the vein I went, that's the direction I went. And, um, and then when I went through what I went through starting in 2018 and, uh, you know, uh, you know, the story, you know, I went through a divorce and resigned from my church and just went through a really dark time, a really, uh, a really dark season in my life and started questioning everything. 
and um, you know, never never question Jesus or or His love for me uh, or any of those things. But just how we're doing church, what church is really uh, the purpose of it. I mean, in fact, my my first podcast <laughs> is going to be why I quit church, right. and uh, you know, it just got me on a um, on a journey of discovering my own soul, and then and then how could I continue to be effective? And how can I continue to have a purpose if it's not pastoring? Right. Because for me, that's like, I couldn't even like fathom that because the vein again, the, the process is you pastor a church, you're, you know, this is what you do. If you're called to the ministry or you, you move somewhere and you're a missionary or, or some type of evangelist. And so, you know, I, I guess what I'd say is looking at you and Crystal, you know, I'm seeing, and, and of course, there's many others that are doing this that are finding their niche, they're finding their place in the body of Christ, and they're having a greater impact actually discovering uh, that maybe it's not pastoring a church, maybe it's not, you know, going to a foreign mission field or somewhere across the other side of the globe, but it's actually doing some things, everyday things, that can have a profound impact for the gospel. Well, I'm going to tell you what's crazy is we've got other countries sending missionaries here. Truth. Because there's so much decay and yeah. the fiber and the moral character and yeah. just the spiritual, um, yeah. you know, aspect of what's going on in our country. But when I was a pastor, cause I tried that same thing. I, I was just <laughs> like, you. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I got born again. I'm on right. fire. I love the Lord. How am I going to reach people? Yeah. And so I try a pastor, but I didn't go plant me a, <laughs> I didn't go, <laughs> I didn't go plant me a church like you did. Right. I actually you try to, to take some churches. Yeah, I tried to take a traditional church yeah. and get it to turn. Yeah. And, and they threw um, you out quick, didn't Yeah, they? I did that twice. And so, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm real hard-headed. So, yeah. uh, but, but I remember my prayer was, I was like, God, you know, because this is the thing, and I was talking about this a couple of weeks ago. When you go into, like, for example, the church that you planted, now that yeah. Travis Buchanan is, is leading, yeah. when you go into that church. What a phenomenal job he's Yeah, doing. he is, yeah. man. You see this... Uh, you see a very good blend of ages, you know, from teenagers all the way up to yeah. some people that are in their senior years. Well, the traditional churches I were in, they were all older people, Correct. very, very, very few young people. And yeah. so my heart was just because I'd been coaching right. all my life. And I was like, God, how do I reach this young generation that will not come to this traditional movement anymore? Right. And that's when he introduced me to the FCA ministry. And man, that's pretty much all I work with at this point is yeah. the younger generation. I did work with some men and stuff like that and some marriages, but you know, the bulk of the ministry is is, you know, that high school to college age group. Right. And let me tell you something, man, they respond to yeah. what we're doing with FCA. Yeah. In a way that I've never seen a young this generation responded because th- this this is what shocked me one time. So when I do my camps, um, I'll do a, a, a little thing called campfire confession. Okay. I'll build a campfire, and I'll have all the guys sit around the fire, and we'll start bringing up topics like pornography and stuff like that. I've had a camp with 17 teenage boys around a fire, and every single one of them repenting over pornography addiction. Wow. You won't get that in the local church. No. I don't care. I don't, no way. Because there's so many people in there that if a, if a young man comes up front and wants prayer for pornography – they're going to look at him, and they're Absolutely. going to look down on him. Absolutely, and they're going to—he's going to be embarrassed and ashamed, and his parents are going to freak because he went to the altar. One hundred percent, you know. But you get them around a fire where they're all yeah. together, and all of a sudden, they get freedom because it tells us in the Word: yeah. confess with your mouth, yeah, and repent, right, and God will heal you. Yeah. And I tell people, 
the devil works in the dark. When you hold on to those secrets right. and you try to conceal them and hide them, he's going to torture you with them. Yeah. But whenever God, when you confess them, and I'm not saying you go confess things to just right, anybody. Right. You got to sure. confess to the right person. Right. But man, I'm going to tell you, I love what I'm doing now. I mean, it's yeah. like, I almost feel guilty yeah, yeah. because I love it that much. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's where you know that you've landed in a season that it's really working and, and God's on it is because you, you know, you're loving what you're doing. And like you said, man, you almost feel guilty because you're like, man, am I really getting paid to do this? You know? Right. And, um, for me, I couldn't always say that pastoring, you know? And, uh, so I always glean from real important relationships in my life, like Travis and some other people in my life. And I said, man, what do you think? You know, because you guys know me so good. And, uh, <laughs> so they all say, man, you're a great communicator. You know, uh, we've always, we've, we've never had a problem with that, but like, as far as like leading people, uh, the way that, that I have in the past, like, man, sometimes drivenness for me, uh, it can be really, really a problem. And so, um, I've had to learn like, man, these people are volunteering, <laughs> they're giving <Yeah>. their time, <laughs> this is their Sunday, you know, so I've, I've had to really rethink, man, um, if that's something that, you know, really I'm called to do, you know, of course God's used it, and you know, I still have people today that I'm overwhelmed and humbled by that will say, you're the best pastor I ever had, and you know, but I always thought I sucked as a pastor, you know, because I always felt like Me I, was, too, I was so driven and sometimes I wasn't that nice. You know, I look back and go, man, how did my team stay with me? Because I could be so frustrated and angry in just a minute. But a lot of times I look back and I realize it could that be caused out of you doing something that you're really not called to do or in seasons of your life where you're just unhealthy and God's doing, you know, some healing and things and you're just, um, you're, you're acting out of them wounds and you're dealing with people. But, you know, like, like, like I said, you know, when I was sharing, uh, at, with Travis over there at city church, I said, you know, that, that wound that goes unacknowledged is the wound that'll never heal. Right. And, um, and so it bleeds and, and and it, it affects every relationship. So if you're in a position of leadership and you've got a staff of 30 or 40, and you got some unresolved crap, right. it's going to come out. You know, yeah. it's like Daddy used to say, it comes out in the wash. You know. Well, you know, I got, I think a lot of pastors go through what you went through. I went through it. And you get to, you're in there and you're trying to do what God's called you to do. But there's so much resistance from the from the body. And, that too. You know, and what you just get in this, and you start preaching from frustration. And that's not right. a healthy place to it's preach not. from. And I've got a friend right now that's going through that exact yep. thing, and um, and <laughs> yep. and I'm trying to tell him, yep. look, you know, when you get to a point to where you go into the pulpit and you preach from frustration, man, yep. you got to start thinking about what's my what's what's right. God calling me to, right? Because you're not really God will do what God does; His word never returns void. But right. you start doing more damage sometimes, absolutely, one hundred percent, than you do good because you're so aggravated. Yeah, absolutely. And Travis, you know, one of the things he says, I love. He goes, man, I'm just having fun. Yeah. And I can see that in his life. Oh, yeah. And that's where I'm at. Like, Skipper, if you want to boil it down, like, whatever I do in this next season, I want to have fun. Right. Because if I'm not having fun, then I know I'm not really having the impact that I could. Right. And so whatever that looks like for me, like, you know, with Made Free or wherever direction God takes me, is I want to have fun doing it. I want to enjoy it. I want to have fun. I don't want it to be frustrating. Uh, Sure, there's going to be challenges. Sure, there's going to be things that you know, that we have to work through. That's, you know, imperative of life, uh, indicative of life rather. But, you know, is it something that I'm finding myself staying frustrated? You know, I'm always pissed off, angry, mad, you know. Um, 
I just, I think that that's when we have to do a, a real soul evaluation and go, either I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, or I need to be sitting down and letting God do some healing right. until I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. You yeah. know, it's, I'm, I'm going to tell you, man, whenever, um, whenever I was at the church, you know, I didn't have any idea what God was calling me to. I just could feel in my spirit that it was time for me to move. Right. And I remember when I started talking to my deacon and some other people about it, they're just like, dude, you're fixing to walk away from, you know, yeah. a salary yeah. with no plan. Right. And I'm like, well, maybe I don't have a plan. Right. But God's got a great plan. Absolutely. And last time I checked, this church was not the one that supplied for me. Right. You know, God may use this church. Sure. But God is my provider. Absolutely. And I actually resigned from that position making, I think it was like $45,000 a year. It was a good paying job mm -hmm. with no plan. Yeah. And people look at that and they're like, crazy. that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard anybody yeah. say in their life. But the reality of it is there's nothing as satisfying as knowing you're doing what God's called you to do. Man. And, and taking those promises that you read about and you meditate on and you study about yeah. and watching them come to pass in your life. And I tell people, they're like, how in the world did you live in a 280-square-foot park model mm -hmm. for seven years with three kids and a wife? I still want to know how. <laughs> this is the way you I do may it, be man. in one soon. No, I'm just kidding. No, you know somebody gave us that little park model. Yeah. And so when somebody gives you something and they say, this is from God, he said, you, he said take this as a blessing from God because you're going into ministry. Yeah. You know you're where God wants you. Right. You know, I remember when my daughter decided she finally wanted to drive. I think she was like maybe 19 or 20 when she decided she wanted to drive. And she was like, I said, well, pray. God will give you a car. Literally. Yeah. She prayed. A week later, a guy calls me and goes, hey, man, I got a little used car I want to give to your daughter. Yeah. Wow. I'm like, and people are like, come on, man. And I'm yeah. like, listen, this stuff happens all, all the, the time, time when you love the Lord and you all and you live time. for him. Yeah, man. You know, my mom, it drives her crazy. She's like, man, you, you got more people giving you stuff than anybody <laughs> I said, but mom, yeah. listen, when people have a possession that God's entrusted to them, they're, they're, they're free to give and do yeah. whatever they want with that gift or with that money or whatever. And if they want to sow into the kingdom, there's nothing wrong with that. If they want to go buy a new truck, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But these people want to see God's gospel advanced. And so they're trying to help us. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I've experienced tons of that too, man. And I know there's people that look at my life and they go, man, how does he do it? Why does he have so much favor? And, uh, you know, one of the things, they don't see what you do in private. Right. You know, they don't know the, the sowing and the giving and the help that you provide for a lot of people like you have. And, um, you know, so that's one thing. People are always judging something from the outside and from the sideline. Right. And, uh, and so, you know, those are, those are things that play in. But, yeah, I think it's just um, it's that whole faith thing that uh that we live by you know it's uh it's trusting god when we don't see it and we don't know how it's going to happen i got some seasons right now i'm in that you know there's some heavy decisions that i'm looking at and uh, i don't know how it's going to work out you know and um I, I don't have any actual nothing in the works that i can say well you know this is what god may do here or this is what he might do here it's, it's none of it it's just a faith walk it's a faith journey it's just saying god I know you see it, um, and I know that you are going to make a way for me, and I'm going to trust that, and yeah. I'm going to trust the process. I mean, a lot of people don't want to trust the process because the process sometimes can be a little uncomfortable. But I'm going to tell you something crazy now. We just we just did that banquet with Jace yeah. Robertson from yeah. Duck Dynasty. That was and amazing. <laughs> dude, when, I, when I contacted his manager on the Internet and asked her how much he was to bring in, mm -hmm. 
Let me tell you how much money I had to do that with. Zero. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. And she told me how much it was, which was, you know, yeah. he he's not cheap. I was going to say it's probably. It's up there. Yeah. Which he does give 100% of it to right. families that need to have cleft lip surgery for their oh, kids. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't so know So he that. don't keep any of it. He gives that's it all awesome. to families. It's awesome. That's awesome. They've got a ministry called Mia Moo. Okay. From his daughter. You know, her name's Mia. All right. She's got a cleft lip, mm-hmm. so they give all of it to that. But I'm going to tell you. That was a complete step in faith. Yeah. You know, all right, God, if this is what you want me to do, if you really want us to do this, yeah. you're going to have to show you up with some money. Us. Yeah, man. And he loves doing that. I yeah. think that's what makes him such a a loving father, but it's also what makes him such a personal God is that he does. He enjoys. I think he loves proving uh, the system and people wrong, you yeah. know, and uh, he loves taking people that um, – you know, people shut the TV off on a long time ago and making them trophies of his grace. I'm one of them. You're one of them um, where people would have turned the TV off and said, man, he ain't never going to do any different. He ain't never going to change. And, you know, whatever, his life is over. And then God comes back in, you know, the fourth quarter uh, yeah. and, and puts you on display for the world to see. And uh, I think that's what's so amazing about him and the gospel and the power to change, you know. I love it, man. And I love the radical you know, they, they, you know, I love the verse that says, he who has been forgiven much loves much. much yeah. And I'm going to tell you, man, that, that is so <laughs> true because I remember when I got baptized in 2008 and I came up out of the water and I was like, wow, I feel cleansed. I feel yeah. clean. I feel guiltless for the first time, you yeah. know, because even when you're living in that lifestyle and the, the world tells you that it's cool to be, you know, yeah. partying and all that. Right. You feel guilty anyway, sure. because you know, you're hurting people, right? You're hurting the people that you love, especially Absolutely. that who you're dating or married yeah. to. And you know you're doing wrong. Right. And, man, when I came up, I remember thinking, ooh, I feel good. And then whenever Crystal would bring up to me, you know, yeah. she, she, of course, rightfully so, she would bring things up that I had done. Right. And I looked at her one day and I said, I, I know that you are probably wanting to choke me, but I just don't feel guilty anymore. <laughs> Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Like you really got a revelation of that. Yeah, that and she's right. like. Um, but I, yeah. I still remember. Yeah, she's like, well, you need, to let, Jesus. you need to pass a little of that. Uh, no condemnation over to me. Yeah, but, yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's just so cool when you see a life like yours and yeah. the radical transformation. And yeah. um, you know, the same thing happened to me, Travis. I think that's yeah. kind of a common thing for the three of us yeah yeah we all share real uh, real close similarities travis was fun because i got to be through that like travis met me you know and then i got born again um so like i was already kind of living for the lord but then i watched travis's whole you know thing and who would have thought you know that i would have had the privilege to baptize his family and then ordain him and set him in a minute then leave my baby my first church my first ministry you know everything i gave my life to uh, to him and Michelle and then to watch what God know that you know the faith notch is this watching what God's done with it right. you know knowing that you gave something away that was so precious and so meaningful and then to watch somebody a couple a power couple like that take it and just do what they're doing with it of course it's God's hand on it but just to see them enjoying what they're doing loving people and watching God blow the doors off of it every time I come back there I'm just like amazed that that was a seed in me that um you know that i i went to bed with and woke up with and um you know started in a in a marriott hotel lobby yeah and to see what god's doing now um it's just it's amazing well you know when you think about what he's got going on this is a small community there's seventy thousand people in columbia county county, and you see what's going on with that church right now and you see kind of that movement but if that guy 
if that church, if that seed that you had sown was yeah. in a Jacksonville or oh, a, yeah. <laughs> a metropolitan area like that, yeah. man, it would be yeah. a little bit crazy what would be going on right sure, now. Sure, sure. I mean, because you're talking a million plus people now, you know. Yeah, and so yeah. you're talking about what's going on in a very small community. Sure. The 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 growth and yeah. the development and the explosion. excitement. The, you the, know, the there's small such groups. A, yeah, there's such an excitement, and I think, I think that's the evidence of. <laughs> really God doing something, man, is that people are excited. Right. It becomes, um, you know, I get to and not I got to. Right. And we talk a lot about that in the church, you know, um, and, and, and I think that's what they're experiencing over there is, man, I get to come to City Church. I get to, that's how I feel when I come and visit. I'm like, man, I get to come and hang out and see what God's doing and hang out with them and, and uh, just see the whole family, you know, of people that, you know, were under me when I was pastoring there and stuff. And, uh, and just watching the growth and all the excitement and the new families and the people that are, you know, don't have it figured out. But, man, you know, they're still hanging in there, you know. And that, that's why I love me and Travis share the same heart. So when I birthed that, I birthed it as, you know, this this place that it was, you know, it was okay that you didn't believe. You right. know, you didn't have to believe to belong. Right. And you could sit there and sip on your latte until, you know, because I believe there's a big God that, that can that can deal with your heart. Uh, uh, and I don't have to figure all that out. And, uh, and just to watch, you know, God take people from, I'm skeptical of you. I'm skeptical of church. I'm skeptical of everything to where you're baptizing their family and they're on your serve team. And then their, their kids are coming and, you know, just watch how God just does and, you know, weaves all that together. It's just amazing. You You know, know, that just makes me think about when you say that, it makes me think about the win for me. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I, I was sitting there this year and, um, Coach Bicknell, I've, I've been the chaplain of the football team for ever since Brian's been here, pretty much. Okay, that's uh, the Columbia, right? Columbia, yeah. yeah. He's been here. I think this is his 11th season, I think. And Brian and, and, and Casey Bicknell came and coached this year, which he played right before I got saved. He played in like 2007 or gotcha. six or something like that. And he comes to me in the pregame and he goes, he goes, hey, when you get done, I got a word I want to share with the kids. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa time out, hold up. I said, you got a word? He goes, yeah. And I said, no, you're sharing. Yeah. And he goes, wait, 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 no. I said, no, listen, this is my touchdown. Right. To see you, a former player, find your walk, get get serious about your walk, and be willing to step up and and share what God's doing in your life with these kids. Yeah. I said, this is my touchdown. And and when you think about what you do and Travis and me – the win for me and you and Travis right. is to watch God redeem these families, Absolutely. redeem these marriages. Yeah. And everybody's like, you know, why do you do what you do? Why? Because God redeemed my life. He redeemed my marriage. He redeemed my family. Amen. And I know there's a there's an there's a winning ingredient. There's a winning way. There's a way to go about this where you can have victory now. It, see, a lot of people think salvation is about getting to heaven. Right. That, that's the bonus. Yeah, that's it. The great part about being saved is what God does with you while you're here. Amen. And the way that he can use you to help other people find their way to the one that can correct right. all the wrong. Amen. And that's the thing. Eternal life starts now. You right. Know? Um, it's it's when we receive Jesus. It's when we come to faith um, that that eternal life. It, it's working. It's moving. It's uh, it's changing. It's transforming. Yeah. And just thinking about like with Travis, you know, like I want them to succeed because when they succeed, I succeed. Right. You know, 
I've seen a lot of pastors that's, you know, given away ministries and things and, you know, walked away and then they're bitter and they're mad and they're jealous and they're envious and they see the success of another. Like for me, I mean, that just brings joy to me to see, you know, somebody that I handed something so valuable to uh, and, and succeeding at it. Like every time they win, I win. Every time that, you know, like it's like your team, you know, when Florida Gators kick a touchdown, I feel like I'm yes. on the field with them. You know what I mean? Because that's my team. Come on, go Gators. So, you know, uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's the same with, with that. You know, anything that you've had your DNA in, that you've had a seed that you've given your heart, your soul to, and you see that thing come to fruition and you're seeing it blessed and you're seeing people's lives changed. Man, I mean, there's not a greater – I don't know. There's not a greater reward, Skipper. No. You know, well, you know so. what's crazy? We met with um, you know the family at Camp Anderson yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about what, excited for you, man. You know where they're going to take yeah. that yeah. venue and all that kind of stuff. And 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 there were some things that we talked about from the guy that left that um, had to be really difficult for them. Sure. You know they've been they've been you know they've been good to him. Yeah. And and you would expect a situation like that to really rub somebody the wrong way and yeah. then to be very angry and bitter. But man, I was so excited to see, you know what they said? They said, everything will be used for the ministry because he went to another camp and everything's going to be used for God's purposes. Right. And people are going to get saved. Yeah. And you know what? It is what it is, but we're glad that the resources will be used for the kingdom. Amen. Even though it wasn't done correctly. Yeah. It's still going to be used for the kingdom of God. And I was like, man, that is such a great way to look at That's it. It's a man. great attitude. They yeah. could be bitter or sure. they could be angry and they could be, you know, they could yeah. choose to fight, yeah. but they're not. They're like, it's all, it's all good. It's yeah. all good. Well, it's that whole thing. You know, like you said, you, we can choose to be bitter or better. And, yeah. you know, um, when we, when we're bitter, we stop the flow right. of God's goodness in our lives um, to get to other people. God will still continue to pour out his goodness on you, whether you're mad, depressed, angry, bitter. But it will it will block the dam of right. God using you to others because, you know, we can't give away what we don't got. Amen. And so if there's no peace in us, we're not going to be very peaceable and peaceful to others. And so I think it's just a beautiful picture of the gospel, you know, working with them and through them, you know, that, that they're able to just process that quickly, move on. Um, chalk it up as, hey, you know, there's probably a lot of lessons there. But, you know, here's another thing I learned is, you know, even if the situation ends not so good, like God really taught me how to find and really maximize. Like if I want to look at the whole thing, I want to pick out all the good stuff because I'm sure they've got lots of stories of where this guy did a lot of good stuff and there's things that they can celebrate. And I could just choose to celebrate those things, then focus on what didn't happen focus on how it ended and that's with relationships that's with seasons in our lives i had to do that when i when i stepped away from grace city i mean not grace of city but revive because there was a lot of things that happened and you know i won't get into that on this podcast maybe i come back on another one and we can talk about you know people being hurt you yeah. know because i got plenty of, of of stories but you know um and i did i went through a real bitter season uh, i went through a lot of uh, times that i just didn't understand um but you know when I, one day I was just driving around, or I think I was in my truck, and I was talking to God about it, and I was kind of just being real and saying, you know what, if they keep, you know, going this direction, I'll never do it. I was, you know, you've done that before. You right. kind of start making, you know, these deals with God, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and I said, you know, I feel like a failure, 
And that's right. what it boiled down to. You know, when I got real and I got vulnerable with God and transparent, I said, I feel like a failure because I didn't stay, you know, pastoring. And I felt like, you know, I needed to work on my marriage. I needed to walk away and I needed to just, you know, hand it over. And, um, and God said, well, why are you looking at it like that? And God began to show me that, Sean, you brought the gospel to the beaches. You brought the grace of God. You brought your story. You baptized 51 people in a year in the ocean. I mean, he started revealing to me the things that, we did. Right. And, you know, man, I started looking at it in, a, in this form of seasons. And you know what? If God just used it for me as an evangelical season where I came and like an evangelist and planted meetings and, you know, and won people to the Lord and people heard the grace of God and we had big events and people's lives were touched. I remember we did a, a helicopter egg drop and we were giving away bicycles and uh, Nintendo switches. And I remember this woman crying and she was waiting to get to me and there was people all around me at the event. And finally, when there was a break, she came up with her little girl and she was pushing the bicycle. And she said, nobody's ever done this in Cape Canaveral. And she would tear in her eyes. She goes, nobody's ever cared enough to do this. And dude, it chokes me up thinking about it. And I was like, so when God started dealing with my heart, I started looking at it and I was like, man, there was nothing of failure about it. It was just a season. My season was up. You know, uh, we can all argue whether the season should have been longer or not. But, you know, who cares? Right. At the end of the day, God used it. People got saved. There were seeds planted. You know, um, it, it matured me in a lot of ways. It helped me see things. And even through all of the times that I didn't understand, the times I was frustrated, the times that I was angry, man, God used it all. It's crazy. To transform me into who I am today. And I'm going to be much better at whatever it is that God has for me, you know, because of that. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. I, honestly, when I was pastoring, you know, I, I've told my wife this. I said, you know, the first time when I got, I, I, I resigned, but p- pretty much got ran off at whatever, <laughs> you know, and it's, I told her, I said, you know, I didn't learn that first time. A, mu- a mutual dissolvement. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so stubborn. I didn't learn the first time. And yeah, you know yeah. what's so cool today? I handed in my resignation letter at my first job as a pastor. One of my friends from high school that had been messed with, messed up with drugs his whole life since we had graduated, pr- yeah. pretty much from school on, um, came to church that day and got saved. Wow. And and so that was my last day on the first job. Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And so but anyway. So you left with a win? Yeah. So I had to I had to go to a second church to learn. Yeah. That that this God wasn't for you. Yeah, God didn't call me to be a pastor. Yeah. And you know, but I love what you're talking about because I tell people all the time that you only give power to what you think about. You know. And, you know, we work with couples a lot. And so sometimes when I'm working with couples, I try to explain to them. You know, focus on what you love about your spouse, praise what you love about them, and pray about what's frustrating you. Amen. You know, especially if you're a female, because I tell, you know, the way that God created, when he looked at Adam, God said, that is not good for him to be alone. (laughs) And so he created somebody to to encourage him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what he did was he gave us somebody, a helpmate, to encourage us, because the devil's always saying, you suck. Yep. You, you failed, you're ruined, you're, you're not good, God can't right. use you. Right. That's constantly being in your brain when you're yeah. doing ministry. But God brings along this wonderful person that we can spend our life with and become one with to say, you know what, you're awesome, yeah. you're great, you God can. can use you. Look what God's yeah. doing. Amen. And they can lift you back out of that, that, that hole that the enemy will put you in mentally. Yeah. And just with a few words, you know, yeah. it doesn't take much from, from the girl that you love. All she's got to oh. do is say, man, you know yeah. what? I love you taking the trash out. And all of a sudden I yeah. feel like I got a red cape on with a big ass on my chest. Yeah, <laughs> like, It's true, man. I remember, you know, pa- pastoring and, 
and preaching sermons, and I, w- I would say, man, I don't know why I said that or why I didn't say this. You know, you always go through that, you know, as yeah. a communicator. And and I can remember, you know, when I was married, you know, if she said, oh, that was the best sermon in the world, you know, no matter how critical I was of right. it, it's because she said it, you know, everything. You could have had 100 people tell you, man, you just really just blessed me today. And you're just like, Charlie Brown, wah, 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 wah. but <laughs> yeah. the one that you're connected to, you know, when they say it, it's just everything stops and, uh, you know, you really lean into it. So, yeah, I, I love that view that you have, Skipper, about it being, you know, a helpmate right. to help you see your potential um, because we need it. You know, it isn't oh, good it was, for us to be. <laughs> it was a routine for me, man. Like when yeah. I got when I was preaching yeah. and Sunday we get in the car and I'm I'm looking at the corner of my eye for my wife yeah, because yeah. I'm like. Please. Please say something good to me yeah, right now yeah, because yeah. I feel like I blew it. Yeah, yeah. Just talk to me. Yeah, yeah. Get me out of this funk because yeah. if she don't say something to right. me, yeah, you I, I know, you know it's bad. It, you know, it's real bad, <laughs> and then it's confirmed. You, you know, know it's what I'm it's yeah. confirmed. So I need uh, you to unconfirm yeah. what the enemy's saying to me right now. I need you to <laughs> smash it. Oh man, you know. And that was a <sighs> weekly routine. And sometimes she Dude, would say. I did say, it for 15 years. I know yeah, it. Yeah. Sometimes she would say something about, you know, just a small little tweak or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'd be like, no, no, no. Tell me the yeah. good part. Don't tell me that part. Tell me the good part. <laughs> I had one of those too. Yeah. 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 It's awesome, man. But it, it's so true. Um, and, you know, we are our worst critics. You know, um, that is something that, you know, we just have to learn to grow in. Um, and I think there's a part of that that's really healthy, you know, that we, uh, that we critique and we grow in our craft and, and we're better. I mean, you just mentioned about thinking, you know, the power of thought I'm reading a book and I'll give a shout out to this. I'm actually doing it on audible. It's, it was printed in 1906 or something, but it's, uh, James, um, Allen as a man thinketh. Right. And of course it's based on the proverb as a man thinks in his heart. So is he, but this book, I've listened to it like five times already. Yeah. It's 55 minutes on audible. And I listened to it on the way here, and it's just so rich, man, about yeah. the power of thought. Yep. And like, and so everything that I'm doing, you know, people call it the law of attraction. You know, whatever um, I'm doing right now, I'm constantly reminding myself of what it can be. Right. And I'm always growing in that, in my thought, because it's not going to grow in manifestation if it doesn't grow in here. Right. If it doesn't first get down in the soil of my heart, my soul, and my mind. And so, you know... Uh, just going back to what we were talking about, you know, it's, it's just, um, it's, and having people in your life, man, that, you know, that are real and raw and vulnerable and, and transparent with you, man. And say, yeah. Hey, you know, this is something that, you know, I think you could do better. This is something that's really working and having those, you know, having a tribe, you know, people right. that walk with you, man, I think it's so imperative. Well, I call it, I call it a compliment sandwich. What you yeah. do the way I, you know, if you're going to critique somebody, this is the yeah. way I think you should do yeah. it. Build them up. Start out talking yeah. good. Build them up. Give, slide in the criticism. Give them the correction yeah. in the middle yep. and then end it with, man, that yeah, was, you that know, was really great. Was, man. You know, cause I'm going to yeah. tell you when we got done with the banquet, <laughs> man, I was so frustrated yeah. with little parts little of it. Sure. And people were like, dude, Get your mind right, man. Yeah, that yeah. was awesome. Yeah, I mean, amazing. That, was, that was absolutely yeah. amazing. And I'm just like, yeah. but, but but this, but that. And <laughs> and they're like, but that's what made it so great is because the attention to detail. Yeah. And you learned lessons. Just take it yeah. into the next one. But I'm going to tell you something. When Jace got on Unashamed, yeah. I don't know if you've listened to this. No. Uh, Unashamed, uh, podcast 239. Okay. Starting at minute 23. Okay. He talks about the banquet for the rest of the podcast. He's. 30, at your banquet. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. 30, he actually said in that in, in that podcast, he said, I feel like I had, I, it was a little slice of heaven. 
Wow. It was crazy, man. Wow. He, he just praised and praised. Man, that's awesome. The praise and worship team. Yeah. He praised the, you yeah. know, all the people that come out. I'm going to have to go out. check it out now. It was crazy. He yeah. just went on and on about it. And I'm like, I've listened to it over and over yeah, and over yeah. because that's that's the it's kind of stuff. Put that seed down in you, man. Yeah, that's the yeah. kind of stuff you got to have because you're like, this guy does these events all the time. Correct. And this one just really real impacted him. Yeah. It really, yeah. it, it, he said he felt like when he left the, the service, he felt like he was levitating. Yeah. Wow. And I'm like, this That's is crazy, powerful, man. man. It's crazy because this is what he does for, yeah. you know, most of the year he's going to events. Yeah. And you're leaned in on why the transition didn't happen this way or how right. this happened or the chairs weren't put a certain way, you know. And that's that's why you need people to help you. Um see clear yep. and keep it clear you know i used to tell travis i'd say when <laughs> travis was my associate i'd I, we'd have a staff meeting by the i mean we had 40 people volunteer at one time at gray city it was amazing and uh and you know and again there was that season i was frustrated and so you know i took it out on a lot of people in meetings and stuff and so i'd always use him as my sounding board and i'd say man how do you think that gang is <laughs> you want the truth of course that's why i do he could have at least gave him some foreplay yeah <laughs> he yeah. would say something so funny and stupid but you know he basically said man you just gave it to him you know you just told him you know everything that was wrong he could have kind of built him up a little bit or you know but then at the end i'm like i appreciate everybody yeah <laughs> after you just basically you know bow breed him and reamed him uh for the last 20 minutes and and, and those were things that looking back in my immaturity as a leader, you know, growing, um, a, a lot of drivenness, a lot of pride. Uh, and then, you know, some things that run, run resolved in my heart, you know, things that I was carrying baggage, you know, right. from one season to the next. You know, typically I think what's ideal if we would kind of have a model that we would get saved and we're like Jesus, you know, we're in the carpenter shop for some years before right. we, we get into our full-time ministry. But a lot of us, man, we just have such a zeal and we want to go do something great for God. And we jump out there with all good intentions. But we hurt a lot of people. Right. Because we've been living the, the old person all these years, man. And we got all this soul junk. And our hearts have been thrashed. And, you know, and we're dealing with all this stuff. But we suppress it because we got to get people saved. And we right. got to get the gospel out there. And we've got to build churches and plant ministries. And then what ends up happening, eventually all that stuff comes to the surface. And um, so I, I feel like the model should be, you know, get born again, kind of go into a season of like just getting healed yeah, <laughs> you know, and getting delivered and, and and dealing with your stuff and your junk, you know, so that when God gives you that opportunity in ministry and when he sets you in a place, man, you're healthy. And that, you know, it's not again, nobody's going to be perfect. We're not going to bet about a thousand, but we are going to be in a healthy, consistent place that we can be a vessel and a conduit of God's love and grace and not frustration. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, man, like my dad passed when I was two. I was his only son. And then when I got born again, we had two daughters. We didn't have, I didn't have a son. And I feel like God waited to give me my son until I was ready to be his father. That's good, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I wasn't ready before when right. i was lost i mean you know it was just and, and you're barely handling the girls right and <laughs> you know and you can see that in my girls you yeah. can see that yeah that part of my life right that where i wasn't born again you can see them trying to work their way through that at this sure. point yeah no absolutely. but my boy dude i mean i turn on like the proverb of the day in the truck he's all about it we yeah. memorize scripture together he's yeah. 10 man he's yeah. 10 years old and he's That's awesome man. you know when we were at church one time travis sent me a text and he said you're going to love this proud dad moment. He said, uh, my staff asked your son, 
why he was named Fisher. And he looked at him and said, because I'm a fisher of men. Wow. He was like eight years old when he did that. And so to me, it's like um, if we could learn, and I I just want to make sure everybody kind of grasps this because we've been talking on and off about it. If you can learn how to keep your eyes focused on the things that are positive, and especially a a bride, you know, because God will show me, Submission is not a bad thing. It's not like not at all. it's not a bad thing because a submarine, a submarine is the most valuable when it's underneath the water where it's Correct. the most protected and it's the most valuable to the battle That's that good, you're facing. Man. That's super good. So when a woman understands that submission is not demeaning to her, what what God's saying is is the guy cannot complete the mission without the support system under it. That's good. Got got to have so your support good. system. And so I tell women all the time, listen, don't be an, a corrector because we're already beating ourselves up inside. The, the mm-hmm. enemy's telling us how bad we are. We need somebody to counteract that. Mm-hmm. And I tell women, it's like putting a, a cork in a bottle. And every time you compliment him, he he's, he's, he's coming up to where you want him to be. It lifts him yeah. to become the man that you want him to be. So every time you tell him, thank you for being a good provider. It makes him want to be a better provider. Every time you say, thank you for being a good dad, it makes him want to be a better dad. And just, so I try to encourage women. The the problem that we're having is you see women kind of come up and want to surface and the submarine is the most vulnerable when it's on the surface. Absolutely. It's not supposed to be there. That's good, man. And when a woman comes up and tries to be equal to her husband, it's a, it's a vulnerable place for her. The enemy can attack her a lot easier Mm -hmm. than when she's in her rightful position where she's the most protected. Yeah. Doing what God called her to do, which is being, the foundation of the mission that he's called the both of them to. Yeah. She's, she's the support mission. Yeah. And so, and I try to tell couples all the time, if you learn how to focus on being an encourager and not a corrector, encourage your man, don't correct him. God, let God correct him. Right. Because if he loves the Lord, he's seeking the Lord. God will correct him. Amen. That's good. This girl right here will pray stuff. Yeah. Dude. (laughs) She's got like a direct line. Yeah. They all do. It's crazy. It's like them and the Holy Ghost are one. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It is. And I love what you said. I've said it this way. I've always packaged it this way, kind of set the framework. I said, people thrive in atmospheres of encouragement. Right. So if you want somebody to do better in an area, encourage them in that area. Right. Um, if you if you begin to critique it and criticize, you discourage them. Exactly. And discouragement, we all know, um, never gets us anywhere. Um, so I, I agree, man. I think, I think encouraging people in the areas that you want to see them grow – um, you know, I'm doing that right now with my business. Um, I had a guy step up big time in my roofing business and, uh, you know, I just been encouraging him, man. I just been saying, dude, you, you've really stepped up, man. You've been a blessing to me. I, you're somebody I can count on. And you just see us last week. I put $300 crispy bills in a card and wrote, thank you. And I took the time to write out what I'm thankful for. Right. And man, you know, he, he almost teared up over 300 bucks. But it wasn't really the money. As it was much. what you said. It was what I said about him, and it was it was. I took the time to let him know that he was valuable to me, and he was valuable uh, to my organization. Right. And and now, man, I just watch this guy. <laughs> He's just like, whatever, boss. We could do it. I'll take it on. You know. Yeah. And it's just it's built him up. Now I'm not a woman, and I don't look good. So right. just imagine <laughs> if you know you got a woman. Um, the opposite sex that you're attracted to, not only, you know, mentally and emotionally, but physically, um, how much more that, that can, um, create, you know, stability and, um, and just, you know, really propel, 
them in a in a direction, man, of growth. Hey, maturity. I'm gonna tell you, when my woman starts complimenting me, I feel like I could flap yeah, my arms kinda, and fly. Yeah, you just kind of like your chest kind of yeah, pokes man. out. Some, yeah, I mean, it isn't a prideful feeling. It's like, all right, I got this. Well, I think it's our. I think we're just wired that way, Skipper. I think we're wired. We want respect and we want to be encouraged. Yeah. And uh, you know, of course, they have their own needs too. You know, God expresses through their femininity, and they have needs. Um, but through the masculine soul and the journey that I've taken, I think. We just want to be respected, and we want to be encouraged, and we want to know that we have what it takes. Right. You know, that was something I learned from John Eldridge reading that book, you know, Wild at Heart, was you have what it takes. And so I always do that with my children, my, my boys especially, man. I want them to know that they have what it takes to be men, um, you know, and, I, and I, try to, I try to, you know, instill that in them in, in conversations all the time is, you know, you have what it takes. Yeah, I think I tell my boy I love him so much, man, and, and, and um, I know I did this to my girls when they were growing up. And, but I, I'll say, Fisher, guess what? And they'll say, you love me. Yeah. You know, but I want him to understand, man, that, yeah. you know what? You've got a best friend. Amen, man. You've got a best friend. And yeah. you know what? Your best friend, he, he he depends on his father. Yeah, that's good. For everything that he needs. And I want my son to, to understand that, man. Yeah. And, you know, so, um, man, I, I want you to talk about your, uh, your, your, your brand. Yeah, made free. Yeah, so, again, you know, it's uh, I shared a little bit with uh, – with with you know the the church um, when I was at City Church, but Made Free was a concept that came out um, you know a couple years ago um, back in 2018, and and it was really just a journey I was on to try to find real freedom because I had experienced you know lots of freedom uh, through being delivered from a lot of things, but I, I realized that you know I had adapted a lot of false freedom and I saw a lot of false freedom, uh, which was external, you know, um, a lot of performance, a lot of stuff that really didn't have a whole lot to do with the heart. Um, it just had a lot to do with how, how can I make myself look good, you right. know, kind of thing. And so that kind of set me on the journey. Um, so the concept, you know, with Made Free is, is, you know, we have two choices in life. We can either stay captive or we can live free. Right. And so our motto is faith, freedom, and adventure. And we believe that that's what God invites us to on this journey in life is, is a life full of faith that's trusting him, that's, that's getting out of the boat, um, and then freedom, as we begin to trust God, as we begin to step out, as we begin to enjoy, uh, you know, like me and you are both lovers of outdoors, as we enjoy the rivers and the creeks and the oceans, and there's this, there's this freedom that comes alive in our soul. And then adventure, man, we're just always looking for the next adventure, whether it's a ministry adventure, whether it's a business adventure, whether it's an adventure with, uh, you know, restoration in a relationship, uh, whatever it is. And so that's kind of the whole genre, you know, we just live by those those principles so we we call it really a movement of people that want to live each day by faith freedom and adventure you know that's that's a great name for a ministry freedom yeah it just is and so that's what happens man you get free yeah absolutely and so i think it's just getting vulnerable man i think it's talking about it it's having conversations like we are today that that bring awareness to people because i think again you know the whole thing is like we want to we don't want to hold out the withered hand we want to hold out the good hand right and we don't want people to know we're broken but here's the reality. We're all broken. Right. We're all broken. Some are just doing a better job at hiding it. Uh, <laughs> but we're all broken, and we're all unfinished men and women in process. That's and it. so the Made Free Life is about us journeying together with, with transparency and vulnerability and living a life of freedom. And one of the freedoms is, you know, just, man, being free will moral agents in this nation. Yeah. We don't got to put up with this junk that we're dealing with, you know, not to get on my soapbox, but... 
you know, I think a lot of it, we can step outside of the church and go, hey, there's freedom available to us. We, the people, are still free. Right. And we don't have to be good sheep. We don't have to fall in line. We don't have to comply. We don't have to be led to the slaughter the way that a lot of people are seeing it and being controlled. And we're just refusing. We're going to shoot our guns. We're going to do the things that we want to do. We're going to, you know, be outdoors. We're going to love God. We're going to love people. And so that's the whole made free life, man, is just living that life every day with a newfound freedom and adventure. And obviously you can't do neither of those. Without, now, what's your website? Uh, we have, we've actually got everything down right now. So unfortunately we're building a new one. I'll be, you know, letting you. you know that soon. Uh, we, cause I went in a different direction and just to kind of you know, share that. I think it's important. So when I first started, it was kind of churchy. It was kind of going in that churchy direction and stuff. Um, and I just felt like God, it's through, it was actually through Cedric. He had Cedric on last week. Cedric spoke some things to me that really like lit me up. And he said, man, you know, Sean, um, I really, God's been teaching me about business and about business models. And I said, yeah, I said, well, I'm starting a business, you know, made free. It's, it's a brand, it's a movement, it, you know, it's a, it's kind of a, something that I'm really excited about. And he said, I would encourage you not to go with the ministry side of it. He said, be a businessman or an entrepreneur that has a heart for ministry. Right. And dude, it just went off in my heart. I was like, that's it. Because you know, when you're a ministry or you're a minister, there's so much criticism and so much scrutiny and so much you're under this, you know, magnifying glass. But when you're just, Hey, I'm free to be a businessman. I'm right. free to own a company, you know? And yeah, we have values that reflect God and reflect freedom and reflect that reflect adventure. But here's the reality. I, I'm just, a, I'm just a man that has a heart for ministry. You know what I think you're, t- what I think, what I think you're saying right here, man, is what I think a lot of people need to hear. Yeah. What, what it looks like to be free. Mm-hmm. What, this is the way I see it. If I'm going to have a spice company, mm-hmm. it's going to be the foundation is Christ. Right. In the spice company. If I'm sure. going to go to the grocery store and I'm going to hang out and talk to somebody when I'm walking through there getting groceries, the foundation is Jesus. If I'm going to church, if I'm at home with my kids, right. I'm free everywhere. Right. That's to me, that's what you're saying. Sure. Because the biggest compliment my daughters ever gave me, and man, it it, it just it was so heavy, was I had Gracie looked at me one time, my middle one, and she said, Dad, the one thing I love about you is that you're the same whether you're behind a pulpit or whether you're at home. Amen. You're that's no good. different. And that was when I kind of realized that you know what? I'm either dumb. And don't try to hide it <laughs> or I'm doing something right. You're doing something right, man. You know, because I am who I am. But that to me is what freedom looks like. Well, it is. And I think that's where we, we could park a minute. You know, I think that's it is can we be the same in our business adventures that we are in our churches? Can we be the same with our families that we are with people, you know, um, outside of our family? Um, and, you know, for me, man, I just want to be the truest form of Sean Boone today. Right. And I'm on an I'm on a journey to do that, and it, and that's not all put together glamorous. It's in fact, you know, some external things probably have changed where church people would probably be a little critical, but it's okay right. because they don't know the freedom that I have in my heart, and they don't know the life that I'm living now. And and, and there's always going to be critics. You're always going to have people that are going to think that you should live your life the way that they see it being lived right and uh and that's not freedom at all we know we call that bondage that's total bondage brother (laughs) so you know for me man it's just learning that i don't have to have it all together i don't have to have it all figured out but i do have to start with faith because faith is the foundation 
of everything working. Right. And my faith in Christ, and the, there's no freedom first without faith. Right. And then there's no adventure. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's just really, like you said, man, coming from that place of everything is centered around, the whole world orbits around one central figure, and that, that person's Jesus. That's it. Nothing works without him. Nothing was created without him. Nothing. Everything that we see is unseen was created through him and by him and for him. Right. That's what Colossians says. And so, you know, if, if we would just center that up and make that the central theme of our lives, everything else will flow. Everything else will work. And so, that, you know, the whole Made Free Life is about us just taking a slower approach to life, not getting caught up in the rat race, living from this place of newfound freedom, enjoying nature because it's healing to our souls. It is. And, man, and living a life full of adventure, man. God has called some men to, to rescue the beauty like you have your wife, and, and, and there's an adventure for us to go on. There's a war for us to fight. That's right. And, uh, man, and it's exciting. Man, I, this is what I tell guys when, I, when I'm doing marriage counseling. I say, listen, man, movies – have run, they've been running the same plot forever. It is. Okay, there's, there's a, a chick, battle. There's, there's, there's a some... chick that's been damaged or hurt or <laughs> yep. somebody's trying to hurt her. Yep. There's a prince that comes to save her, and they live happily ever after. That's the but same story. But it's the story, story of God. It's the story of God. It is. And it's I how tell... he ransomed our hearts from the evil one. Yep. And how, you know, the bride and you know, the groom and this, this marriage that's going to happen. And, uh, you know, and the adventure that we live as we journey with him, man, right. and as he takes us through highs and lows and seasons and we, you know, quit pastoring a church and we step into something we love to do, but how he, how he molded us and shaped us through, it was beating our head on the wall, so right. to speak of doing things that we weren't called to do. You know, I had a buddy of mine yesterday, man. I love my buddy and his name's Jerry Coker. He's a good friend. I've done a podcast with him and gotcha. And I was talking Is to he him the yesterday. bondsman. Yeah. He's the bondsman. Okay. Good guy. Yeah. And a uh, really good friend. Yeah. And he, he was he was sitting there, and, I, and another old friend of his happened to show up in town, and yeah. he lives in South Florida, and he's in, he's in missions. And I said, Jerry, I said, two of your very best friends have been called into ministry by God. What are, what are, <laughs> what are you doing? What does that say about yeah, you? Yeah. And he goes, well, I'm just going to tell you guys, I don't know, you know. He goes, I'm still a little rough around the edges, and yeah. I'm a bondsman, and sometimes I wind up having to chase people into the bar. And, yeah. And I, I looked at him, and I said, some of the most mighty men, yeah. Of God were yeah. amazing warriors. Absolutely. And he is, honestly, he was born to be a warrior. Yeah. Jerry is just like, that's just yeah. his, that's just his DNA. Yeah. And, um, but I, I, I love that about God because God doesn't come in and say, okay, I want to change Sean and right. I don't want you to be Sean. I want right. you to be exactly. Yeah. No, what he does is he says, I want you to be the best version of my son. That's good, man. You know what I'm saying? And it filters through your personality. And I love what you just said because, I think we've lost the concept that men are warriors. Oh, we yeah. were created, and our God is a war, a God of war. That's and, right. You know, I, I got this sleeve here, and one side is the uh, the Lamb of God, John one twenty nine. The other side is the Lion of Judah, uh, Revelation five five. And you know, He came as the Lamb, but He's coming back as the Lion. That's right. And I think a lot of times in the church, we've we've watered down this Mickey Mouse idea of Jesus, and He becomes the Barney. You right. know, yeah. you know, and you know, we we lose the sight that he's a passionate, fierce God, right. and he's also a God of war. And you know, Revelation talks about him coming back. You know, on the horse, and the blood is going to be rising to the, to the stirrup, the, the, to the girdle. And I think that for men, we just we've been fighting the wrong wars, right? And so we're getting ourselves into wars that we ain't called to fight in. 
But well, there is a war for us to fight. No doubt. And I think that we need to find that. Uh, and I think that's what that's what keeps us as men grounded. There's a beauty to rescue. There's a war to fight. Uh, you know, there's an adventure to go on. And, and I think that's what keeps the masculine soul healthy. Yeah. And I tell people all the time, one of the things I love about going out canoeing and camping is not knowing what's around the next corner. Just going. Sure. You know, and it's an adventure. Yeah, yeah. It's something you – What's going to, what do I got to do today yeah. to make sure everything goes right? You know, and that was, you know, even the banquet was like that. Cause you're going in and you're like, okay, everything's not going to be the way it's supposed to be. And it's almost like an adventure yeah. to go through that whole process. Sure. And, and, but when it all comes out and you've got somebody that does it for a living that praises it the way yeah, Jace yeah. did, I'm like, yeah, okay, God, we can do this. Yeah. Amen. It and just so, builds you. You know, yeah. me sitting down with the Anderson family about camp. Yeah. I would have been so intimidated about that before. Right. But after we did the event, I was like, okay, where we. I'm qualified for this. Yeah, where we I'm didn't cross the T's and dot yeah. the I's at the banquet, God showed up. Yeah, amen. And so if he'll always show up like that and he calls yeah. me, we can do it. Yeah. No, it's great, man. I think it's an attitude that we need to cultivate because, you know, you are called for such a time, Skipper. You are, you are gifted in these areas. And sometimes it just takes us a little longer to see it. Um, and so God will use things in the stepping stones to get you to your, your place that he's really going to use you in a mighty way. And, uh, and I think that's where you're stepping into, man. I think you're, you're moving out of some things that you've kind of, you know, been mulling around and things that's worked, things that's haven't, but now you're really starting to walk in that thing, man. And, and it's just going to get better and better. And I love what you said about that, you know, with the adventure, whether you're canoeing, whether you're surfing, whether you're building a church. Um, the cool thing is, as we go through these valleys and, and mountaintops and we go through these adventures, we just get better. We oh, learn. Yeah. We just get better at what we're doing. And God just continues to mature and grow us, man, so that when we come into another adventure, man, we've learned some things. Right. We've learned some things not to do, most likely, <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe 90%. Yeah. And then we've learned some things at work. And right. so we can take the model of some of the stuff that – you know, has worked and we can at 86, some of the crap that don't work. Right. And then we can start moving forward in something that can be beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I'd love it, man. I love, I love, I love being in service of the King. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, it's, it's to me, you know, I got the best job in the whole world. Yeah, man. I get to serve God. I get to see people's lives changed and I, I and God loves me enough to use me in yeah. their lives and I love that yeah. it's just so good that's but still man, the funny part isn't it that yeah, it's he, crazy that he like, uses people I mean, like us <laughs> yeah how could if, yeah. he which, uh, takes per, the foolish things of this world yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean I've been saying that for years yeah I'm from Mims I mean there's one blinking light I mean if, you, if it ain't the end of the world but you can see it from there surely <laughs> so you can yeah. see where the flat yeah earth. you can see where it drops off yeah well, man, thanks for coming. Yeah, oh, man. man, I know you uh, are going to go spend some time with Travis. Yeah, and, we're going to go maybe grab know, a bite or something. Let's say a little prayer. God, please help Travis <laughs> put the roof on his house. That's Amen. it, man. Amen. Yeah, Amen. he's up there. I think he might be sweating a little bit. Yeah, I think he probably learned that he's glad that he's full-time in ministry right now and he's yeah. not in construction anymore. In fact, <laughs> I told him this ain't even the hot time yet. No. Yeah, I mean, oh, he, I know, man. He picked a good time to put it on because if he'd have been out there in July and August – he probably would have quit at 10, 1030. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, don't, when you're in town, man, come yeah, back. We'll do, we'll, do, we'll do it again. I love and, these podcasts. And, you know, we're starting one, too. I'll throw that out there real quick. And we'll be um, we'll be talking more about that on social media, um, Made Free. 
Um, but yeah, we're going to start a, a podcast too. God had put that in my heart a couple of years ago, but it just, again, it was one of those things that wasn't the time. Right. And so now, you know, again, I've been inspired by seeing yours and many others and there's room because, you know, you have a, a view of Jesus. You have a particular view um, that nobody else has. You have a particular story. Right. Uh, it's your story. Um, and so, so do I. And, uh, and so there's always going to be a, a, a people group uh, that need to hear uh, from from our voices. Well, it's that, just like you know. when Paul was on that boat, mm-hmm. and he says, if you stay on this boat, you will be saved because God has given you to me. Right. I tell people all the time, God has given us a, a, a sphere, sphere of influence, of influence yeah, to man. people. Absolutely. And you reach people I can't reach. Sure. And vice versa. Absolutely. And when you start grasping that and you yeah. realize that, you know, some people will identify with the story and my testimony. Some right. people's going to identify with yours. Right. And you start understanding that, you know what? I'm still praying my mom surrenders her heart to Jesus, but I may not be the one that leads her. Right. Amen. And I'm good with that. That's good. I don't care who it is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it can be Mickey Mouse. So I don't yeah. care. Yeah. But I, you know, but I love that concept. You know, Jesus said in the, in the garden of Gethsemane, he said, I have been faithful to do what you called me to do with those that you have given me. Right. Amen. All came except for one, the son of perdition. Right. He's the only one that we lost, but that was because prophecy needed to be fulfilled, right. which has always been an interesting verse. Yeah, to me. it is. But, it is. I think that's that whole, you know, foreknowledge doesn't control. Right. But it, for he foreknew, and those he foreknew, he also predestined. Yeah, People we got to be so careful hung, with that. He gets so hung up on that, but I just think it's this. Well, God knew that you and I would receive Jesus, and because of that, he's already planned something really cool in our future. Right. You know what I'm saying? That we're going to walk in. And, right. And so, you know, it's people get bogged down on stuff, man. I just see it in the light of God's goodness and <laughs> not, as, uh, not, as, not as judgment, yeah. you know, so. Well, man, thanks, brother. Yeah. yeah, brother. Be careful on your way home. Thanks, man. And uh, we need to talk more about that FCA surfing Yeah, ministry. let's do it. Let's talk about hey, it. Hey, if you guys want to see a little bit more about uh, the Woods and Water, this yep. is an, uh, so I do an article in Woods and Water okay. every month. Cool. And you can buy it at your local convenience store, man. Check that out sometime, man, because yeah, I write it's, I heard that. I want to pick one up. Dude, I'm back. I'll grab one while I'm here. I get texts, and yeah, I get yeah. messages from guys and stuff That's all the awesome. time. Grown men, you know, God really prisoners. Yeah, it's really cool. So, you guys, if you uh, if you would pick up a Woods and Water support that, they're allowing us to preach the gospel inside their magazine. Wow. So, be supportive of that. If you get a chance, email them, thank them for letting us do that. We put pictures of baptisms and all kind of stuff. Oh, in there. That's awesome. Man. So, if you love Jesus, and you, make sure you encourage Woods and Water to keep doing what they're doing because they gave us a platform, man. Yeah, we want to ask you to check it out. So, man, thanks yeah. for coming. Yeah, absolutely. Check out Woods and all Water, right. and when you get your website up. Yep. I'll I'll make sure I put it on the podcast. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you, man. man. Love you, brother. Love you. Thank you for listening to a Voice in the Wilderness podcast with Skipper Hare. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can also learn more about FCA Outdoors by going to fcaod.org. Check out the Woods and Water magazine, which comes out once a month. Skipper writes an exciting article for FCA Outdoors. You can pick them up in most convenience stores in the Southeast region. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel Hair Days Uncut to follow all the podcasts from Skipper and his friends.